Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mr. Mark Asquith. Now, have you heard of the feminine addiction trap? I'll be completely honest, before today, I hadn't done. But what I've read and what I've seen has got me wildly intrigued. And that is what we are going to define, challenge and conquer today with the best-selling author of The Essence of Womanhood, Susie Heath. Welcome to Excellence Expected. Thank you so much, Mark. Absolutely delight to be with you this evening. It's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. We were talking in the pre-interview chatter about the odds of getting an English person on the show. We seem to talk to so many Americans, so it's nice to be in English company this evening. Good, thank you. <laughs> so, Susie, before we dive into the feminine addiction trap, I'm really keen on digging into that. Before we do, just tell people a little bit about you. What is it that you do, and you know, what's your kind of what's your kind of history? Well, I've been working with what I classify as masculine and feminine dynamics. So it's masculine and feminine behaviors within business, within intimate relationships, and within just the way we move out into the world and the way we present ourselves in the world. So what I discovered after many years of working with women is how many women were going under because they were behaving too much like men and how many men were adapting themselves in order to fit into what they thought women would like and how it doesn't work. So what I've been writing about over the last few years is specifically focusing on women, although I do work a lot with men as well, is helping women to reawaken their femininity. So this is not the pink and fluffy princessy nonsense that is rather touted around or killer high heels and flashy fingernails. That's not what I mean. I'm meaning the true deep feminine. And I'm sure you will have heard the Dalai Lama saying that the world will be saved by the Western woman. And even Desmond Tutu has suggested that the men move over because they've made a mess of the world and let the women take their place. Now, what I don't want men to think is, oh, God, here's another feminist. She's trying to get rid of us and tell us we're rubbish. I'm so not. My work is very much about creating a really juicy harmony between the male dynamic and the feminine dynamic because we need to be working together not fighting each other. The word harmony comes up so so much more often than you'd expect in business as well. It's, mm. it's a word that I think people are really starting to embrace. You know, it's not about finding some sort of balance. It's about yeah. working together in all sorts of different aspects. So I'm, I'm keen to dig into that. And, and I don't think there is anything such as balance. You know, if you're walking along a tightrope, the only time you're going to be in balance is when you've got two feet on the wire. The second you take one foot off, life is very precarious and you're going to wobble. And it does imply as well that, you know, balance is something that implies that there is a right and a wrong, you know, it, it implies that. And it also is... implies there's no movement and that doesn't make sense to me. 
Absolutely, yeah, I completely agree with that. And let's talk about the feminine addiction trap then, because I have to admit, I would not heard about it before we spoke. Well, this is something that I've classified. So I, it's my interpretation calling it the feminine addiction trap. I've just noticed in working with hundreds of women in business, entrepreneurs, women in business, women in leadership, that there's still something holding us back. We hide behind stuff. We don't push ourselves forward the way that men would do. It's well documented that if there's a job going, women will go, no, I'm not qualified enough for that. Whereas men will go, well, I can't do A, B and C, but I can sort of do D, E and F. So I'll go for it. And women hold themselves back. So I've called this the addiction trap, which are just behaviors and thought processes, really, that women use to, to stop themselves really getting to where they want to be. So they're behaviors that because they do them over and over again, get wired into the neural pathway. So they become literally like addictions. So they're not medical addictions. It's my terminology. Wow. Very, very interesting. And just before we dig into that in some depth, what led you to this? You know, what what was the catalyst for you saying, do you know what, I'm going to take a hold of this and, and actually do something with this? What, what was, was there an event? Was there a realization? What, what, what was the catalyst for this? I think the catalyst really was that I burnt out uh, more than once. So I didn't learn my lesson the first time. I had to go and do it again. So I recognized that women, and me in particular, and a lot of the women that I was working with and a lot of clients coming to me were having very similar behaviors that were leading us into places that we didn't want to be and recognize that this really was becoming so much of a problem. So that's why I wrote my my latest book, which is called Dance Your Way to the Top, Feminine Leadership Without Burning Out. So everything that I do now is helping women to really get back into this instinct, connection with their instinct and intuition, which we've overridden so badly in our striving to get to the top. And it's made horrible um, repercussions in intimacy and and even in the workplace and I you there are so many men that I talk to when they see me they go oh thank you so much for the work you're doing you're making such a difference to my wife my my daughters my mother and and to the other women that they interact with because we are missing out on something majorly by not honoring and respecting who we are as women now Interesting that you said that, you know, not not honoring who we are as women. Now, the interesting thing with that is that obviously this feminine addiction trap is very prevalent in, in as you're seeing, women in leadership positions and, you know, female entrepreneurs and so on and so forth. Do you find that men have their own set of these addictions as well? That's something that got me curious. Do they yes, do things? I think they do. And a lot of them are very similar to the women's. They just have a different way of expressing them. And obviously, I wanted, when I was speaking to the women in my book, we use language differently, Mark. I could rewrite both my books for men and just change the language, change some of the circumstances, change some of the story. Because as human beings, so many of us have very similar behaviors. You know, there are behaviors that are very common to masculine and feminine. It's just that as women and men, our bodies are different. Our hormones are different. Our bone structure is different. Our energy levels are different. And it's that that we often fail to notice 
in the sense of the business, the world in business. And we make the assumption that just because we're all human beings, we should behave exactly the same. And we have different needs. The, both the sexes have very different needs. And we're not, just not taking note of those sufficiently, in my experience, and certainly with the hundreds of women that I talk to. It's interesting. When I'm standing on the stage and talking about this or running workshops, the tears that come out are extraordinary. Because, and it's not just because we're being weepy women, it's just this knowledge that they've not tapped into the resources that we have naturally inside us. Yeah, I, I can empathize with that because that's that's one of those, I imagine it's one of those moments that we all come to in, at some point in our lives, you know, several mm. times where mm-hmm. it's just the floodgates of realization when you, something finally slots into place. So I think that's really, really curious. And mm. let's just check these feminine addictions a little deeper then. So you've actually categorized these into seven categories, haven't you? Do you think you can I walk us through each of those? Yes. The first one I call the overs. So are these where women are overworking, they're overwhelmed, they're overspending, they overexercise, and often in those much uh, tougher exercises that men do because women are so much striving to be like men and in many cases want to um, overtake them as it work we there's the overindulgence the over masculinization over analyzing over eating over doing over busy over conscientious over anxious over cautious over worrying over obsessive so that all the things that women do which I call the pushing out energy. When we're over doing something, it's a pushing out energy, a very masculine energy. We're striving, we're struggling, we're trying harder. We're girding our loins in order to get out there in the world. We're fighting and defending. So this is this masculine energy, which in time really takes its toll on that very precious female body chemistry on our psyche, our vitality, our intimacy, and also the way we show up in the world. And I know when I'm talking about this in front of men, they are nodding very wisely and going, oh my God, yes, this is it. This is what women are doing. So as an over, this is land behavior. It's our emergency male energy, which we take from special reserves. As we've, we're looking at other successful women and thinking we've got to be like that too and feel that we've got to be doing that in order to get to the top. And it's really going against the wisdom of our bodies. So that's the overs. And that honestly very frequently leads to uh, burnout because the stress hormones are coming up. Adrenal glands are overworking and cortisol and all these other things interfere with our daily lives. And in order to compensate, the body then produces the antidote, which is noradrenaline, which induces a feeling of euphoria and well-being and analgesia, which makes you feel good initially. And so a lot of women become adrenaline junkies. So literally waiting for that next high. So the next one I call the unders. So this is sort of the opposite. This is where the women will, and I include me in all of this. I'm not saying them out there. These are things that I've noticed in myself too. Low self-esteem, why me, the victimhood, the poor me syndrome, self-sabotage, self-judgment, a a lot of depression, um, never enough, 
syndrome and what I call the next bright shiny object syndrome, which we're very good at. We women tend to think they're still not good enough. So they look at the next exciting object on show and it might be a seminar or another workshop or another thing they feel they have to do in order to justify their existence. So this is all about not feeling good enough. And then we have that um, awful phrase on some of our advertisements that go, because you're worth it. So we're, we're bombarded with so many things from the media as well, which tell us very conflicting ideals as how we should be as women. And it's, it's a big challenge. My third addiction is body hatred. Now, I'm sure you have seen in all the commercials and in all the magazines and lots of articles, and I'm sure you've spoken with lots of, of men and women about this way that women hate their body. They're very self-judging. There's fear of getting older. There's a lot of Botox and a lot of um, um, work being done on women's faces, the plastic surgery, and this anxiety of never looking enough. So women hide behind that. They're frightened of pushing themselves forward for this anxiety of being pushy and being seen to be pushy. So again, not looking after themselves enough. And you can talk to the most beautiful women and comment and, and compliment them and they'll go, oh, yes, but what about my nose or what about my bottom or what about my hips? They will always find something to be detrimental about. And I'm sure you can relate to that with the women that you've met in your life. Oh, absolutely. That it's it's one of the single biggest factors that drives so many people. And just to digress a second, you find that when people overcome that issue, the they can focus so much more on what they actually want to achieve. And I've seen that so many different times. Absolutely. And the body, the human body is such an extraordinary miracle. I'm constantly flabbergasted by the fact that we have all the neurochemicals and all the chemicals inside us that, to heal ourselves and we can do it without having to go to the pharmacy you know that we've we've got such intelligence and wisdom if we learn to tune in and learning to love yourself is not um it, it's not a feeling it's a verb and i spend a lot of time with my clients saying Body, loving yourself and loving your body is, is not a feeling. It's something that you learn to do every day. You just do a little bit more every day. So understand that it's a verb. It's a doing thing. So my feminine addiction number four, I call addicted to the impossible. So this is the fear of failure, the fear of success, the having to be the perfect businesswoman, the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect hostess, the perfect lover, having the perfect house, the perfect children, taking the perfect holiday, having the perfect partner, expecting to have a perfect sex life and everything else. And there's this fight to prove how good you are. And I know coming around to Christmas is one of those dreaded moments. I, I'm sure in America they have them as they do in England, these what are called these round robin letters sent to everybody within a, a Christmas card saying, you know, we've just had a wonderful skiing holiday and our children have just got grade eight in piano and Johnny's done this and won a cup and a medal and, and it makes the rest of us feel really rubbishy. <laughs> this feeling that we have to live up to everybody else's expectations of how it should be and that, that's enormous pressure and women can get very stuck on that one. 
Feminine addiction number five, I call the, the love bug. So this we can either be flying solo, saying now I can do it all myself. The Disney effect, which is addicted to the romance. Sex in the city, any man will do. Or desperately seeking sperm for the women who are desperately needing babies right now. So again, you know, a little bit of a, a cheekiness here. But so many women under the age of 40 have been taught to never trust a man. So they go it alone, building this armor of self-protection and self-defense around themselves, and then wonder why they're unhappy. And dating has become challenging. There's lots of, of dating websites, but there are also quite a few books telling men how they can get a date easily and get what they want. And so women are really very anxious and very frightened by a lot of the um, behaviors from men and wanting to find a more conscious relationship. So I'm spending much more time now working with men and women on love, sex and intimacy and really creating conscious relationships. So feminine addiction number six is virtual living, which more or less speaks for itself, where we spend far too much time in front of this wonderful computer, which has given us so much freedom, but also so many pressures. So virtual living is obviously, you know, email overwhelm, too much time spent on uh, social media, too much time on LinkedIn and Pinterest and all the other things and the technology and online games and video games and online gambling. So that really becomes a major addiction. And we miss out on life. You can go to a restaurant now and see everybody supposedly sitting around with their family, but most of them are sitting actually on their messages, looking at Facebook instead of interacting human being to human being and we're missing out so much and we need to have that physical contact we need to relearn how to hug each other and how to spend quality time together and be together instead of just always online and my last one I call mind the gap as you know in in London we have this uh, when the train comes into the station there's always this sound coming over the airwaves saying mind the gap mind the gap so that's the bit that we fill in because we're not feeling good enough about ourselves so it might lead to alcohol and binge drinking illegal drugs too much eating or drinking of caffeine and chocolate and sodas comfort eating addiction to some of the foodstuffs that are out there, too much fat, too much sugar, too much salt, too much carbohydrates, and prescribed over-the-counter medicines, which are really um, causing so many problems and so much illness. And then the thrill-seeking and the endorphin highs. So those are my feminine addictions, and they have a massive um, problem, they cause a massive problem with our health, our relationships, and our vitality, and our energy to get out there and help us do what we're here to do in changing the world and being the best that we can be. You know, point six, category six, the virtual addiction. I, I have so much fear for the generations to come about that because it's Me completely too. destroying social skills. It really is. I, interestingly enough, when I'm doing my workshops, I do a lot of my workshops through barefoot dance and movement and body work. So this is enabling both men and women to connect at a non-verbal level at a body language level. So looking, maybe touching, but maybe not. And by touching, I don't mean the groping, but 
holding hands, looking into each other's eyes, connecting and, and really um, learning how to communicate and to be very expressive with oneself. And I use specific pieces of music to encourage certain exercises, which I show and demonstrate. And the transformation that comes through those workshops is breathtaking. It never fails to amaze me. You know, I have a, a very deliberate outcome for all my workshops, but I'm always in tears myself during them with the transformation and the realizations that people are having. So I'm taking those out more and more around the UK and hoping to take them to the US as well, because it's just extraordinary. And particularly working with the masculine and the feminine, helping women to tap into that beautiful feminine core and helping men to reclaim that glorious masculine energy that they're often very frightened of. Let's talk about the effects of, I guess, any one of these categories and falling into that addiction or, you know, the, the combination of, of, I guess, moving between the categories, because I imagine it's a bit of a, a bit of a chain gang effect. Um, what are some of the effects if you actually don't take hold of this? So perhaps you've not realized that you are suffering from one of these addictions. What does that do for your life and for your career then, Susie? I think it makes people very inward looking. Uh, it stops them socializing with real people. It uh, holds them very much back into comparison and self-judgment. It certainly has an effect on energy, on sleep patterns. You know, sleep is a major issue. And that's certainly um, lack of sleep. If, if you have not got sufficient sleep, it is the same as being drunk. It actually has a not point. I think the statistics are if you miss an hour's sleep, it is like having a not point not one percent of alcohol in your system, which effectively means you're driving your vehicle under the influence of, of what seems to be alcohol. So we're not fully present. So a lot of this is we are failing to connect with our instincts, with our survival instincts, with our understanding, our, our um, even the instincts of self-preservation. If you think about how much time we spend on the internet, for example, and so when we step out away from the internet and we go out into real life, our instincts are not honed anymore. And that might, may sound a bit crazy, but I've seen women and men just get into very foolish um, relationships, both business-wise and emotional and intimate relationships, because their instincts have not been honed enough. That's does that make sense? It does. I'm just pondering that. that that's kind of interesting. The I'm, I'm sort of making that comparison to, um, you know, that dulling down effect that drinking can also have. And yeah. you mentioned there about the sleep. And that dulling down effect that drinking has on your reactions, your instincts, your better Absolutely. judgment. And what, I, what I'm heading to in my head there is that that could lead you down a path of just ticking boxes. Yes. So, you know, you kind of don't realize that your instincts aren't quite up to scratch. So all you do is you get to a stage in your life and you tick a box. Absolutely. To, I mean, that's just so destructive, isn't it? It's destructive, but it's also our safety. You know, if we can't tell by, this is why I do a lot of my work actually uh, without talking and using the body because I get people to 
feel um, how close they want to be next to somebody else. And if they're not comfortable being with that person, you know, you can say without using words, you know, it's great to be on the planet with you and then move gently onto somebody else without getting close to that person. Because we often override our instinct thinking that we're not being nice enough. So we override that early warning system that we have inside us. We have a satellite navigation system inside us, Mark. And these addictions, what I call these addictions, take us away from listening to that satellite navigation system. We've all got it inside us. We've all got our own satellite navigation system. So what I'm doing in the work that I'm doing is, is teaching people to, to reconnect with that satellite navigation system and learn to trust it. You know, we think that we've been all born without a guidebook, but that is our guidebook. Our instinct, our intuition, our knowingness, our beauty, our magnificence. And it's all been eroded by so much of what's been going on, particularly, I think, in the 21st century, but also towards the end of the 20th century, too. Love it. That's fantastic. It's such a point of reflection as well. That I think we can all draw something from that. Mm. You know, and anyone listening out there can draw something from that. But kind of back to basics approach. You know, looking internally and actually listening mm. to what you're hearing. I think that's very important. And because we learn very early on not to express our anger, our hurt, our upset, our displeasure, our annoyance, our sadness, our grief, we sit on all those emotions and they get stored in our body. They get stored in our muscles. They get stored in our memory. So I'm, you know, again, I teach a lot of how to use your mind in a way that's really healthy, the mind and the body, and and just really um, teach people how to express themselves in a way that's safe so their body doesn't get stuck, so the illness doesn't take hold. There's so much here. I know we've only got a tiny bit of time. I'm trying to condense it like crazy. But there's so much here, Mark. It's extraordinary. It certainly is a fascinating topic, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, I think we should probably revisit this. I'm looking forward to digging in a little bit further with this one. But what I'd like to do for now, actually, Susie, is just switch a gear into maybe helping people overcome any one of these addictions. I'm sure we could do another show, actually, and I'd love to do that on one or two of the specific categories. I think that would be really interesting. Mm. But for now, let's switch a gear into the actionable takeaways section. So for anyone that is really struggling and can relate to any one of these, what is your first actionable tip to help with this? Okay, my first one is to come away from these over-masculine behaviours if you're a woman, okay? So this means, you know, let go of having to be down at the gym and doing too much exercise, doing too much of the spinning on the bicycles and too much of the Ironman triathlons and all those things, thinking that you have to, as I said earlier, not only beat men, but overtake them. This has such dreadful uh, uh, challenges with our bodies. What happens, our periods can stop, we become infertile, our adrenal glands get completely messed up, and so we don't have any energy. And you know, I do a lot of work on this. I've just actually created a new little video series on this because sometimes it, it just will happen that one day you wake up and you can't get your head off the pillow because your adrenal glands have packed up. So these over-masculine behaviors is where you take these energetic 
um, need to control back home to your environment at home as well. And you become too much the person wearing the trousers where you're pushing and controlling and trying to be aggressive and powerful instead of really understanding how beautifully powerful the woman is in her own right, in what I call the soft feminine, which we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. So anytime you're feeling shaky, uh, or you've got a little bit of an ache in your back above your kidneys, that's your adrenaline is working too hard for you. If you find that you're just doing too much and you're not sleeping, it's often because your adrenaline is taking control. So just get rid of some of those very male behaviors. If you're behaving and competing like two stags in the wood with, an, with another man, then you're behaving like a man. And it's so unhealthy for us. Love that. Come away from the masculine paradigm. Fantastic. Absolutely. And the second actionable tip, please. Get out of your head and get into your body. So again, the male version of this is very analytical. It's very linear. It's very logical. It's very immediate. It's very competitive. It's very thinking. Meditation for men is sitting, oming, or being in silence or sitting with quiet meditation. Women, we're wild creatures. And we've forgotten the beauty and the joy of that, that wildness. The, the feminine is more intuitive. She's able to have, see a bigger picture and to see the consequences about seven generations down the line. So my uh, takeaway on that is get out into nature much more. Walk, uh, you know, really do smell the roses. Look at the trees, look at the plants, look at the colors, look at the sky. Dance, get into your body. And I, by that, I mean free movement dance. You know, this isn't particularly learned choreography in high heels because that is actually quite masculine energy. Even if it's in a beautiful frock, it's still quite feminine unless you're being led and you're relinquishing to the man. So get out into your body and you can make your meditation a dance. So I no longer sit very frequently and meditate in silence. I will put some beautiful music on and lose myself in the dance. And ideally, not right now, because in England, it's pretty cold and pretty wet. But in the summer, you know, to get out onto the beach or even in the sea, you know, just dance and sing. So get back into your body, get back into the wisdom of your body. Get out of your mind and into your body. That's something I think everyone can take hold Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Very, very difficult when we're all so bogged down. With Absolutely. But you can do it, you know, five minutes. Come away from your computer every 45 minutes. And even if you have to lock yourself in the bathroom at, at work, you know, jump around a little bit. Move your body. Just massage parts of your your elbows massage your shoulders just get in touch with that amazing beautiful body that you're in fantastic fantastic and susie the third and final actionable tip please again for women to step into your soft power we're so busy being executives we're being superwoman we're being princesses we're being precocious and what I teach now is to go into the different archetypes, that, not the ones that we've been taught, but go into the lover energy, go into the warrioress. Now, all these are quite sexy and juicy and, and fun. The warrioress is not the warrior. 
the warrioress is like that gorgeous blue lady in Avatar, whose name I can never remember. But she's sexy and juicy and clever and astute and, and wild and she understands nature. Go into the queen energy instead of this precocious um, princess behavior, which is so yucky. The queen energy invites people into her realm. She delegates beautifully. She cares for people. Go into the sorceress. Now, the sorceress is a little bit of a magic woman who can, I'm sure you've done stuff on manifestation, who is able to slow down time. She manifests. She focuses on what she truly desires feels it in her body and brings it into her being. And the other energy that I love to use is the mother energy, the maternal, the caring. And this is about looking after your environment as well as the people around you. It's very caring and loving. And this is not getting back to the sink and being pregnant. I don't mean that mother energy. And this is not necessarily the biological mother. It's that caring energy that we have to even you know, make things more beautiful because that's a very feminine thing to walk into a space and be beautiful. You always want everything to be more beautiful, which is why we tend to have the habit of finding a lovely man and then trying to change him because we just want the best. <laughs> yeah, I know, what you, I know what you're saying with that. It's, I often, and I don't know, again, this is relating it back to, to the male sort of issues, um, but I often forget to be myself as crazy as that sounds, yeah. I'm I'm so driven by work and achieving and pushing things forward and hitting and setting more goals that you kind of forget to just be yourself with people. And I, I really, really struggle with that. I don't I don't understand quite how to turn off. And I think that is, you know, I think the point that you're making there is is fantastic. I mean, so many people can relate to that. And it's all about authenticity. You know, we're so transparent these days. We can be found. Don't you often find that this kind of authenticity, especially that you see online, a lot of it is kind of for authenticity as well. You know, when you really strip it back, you've got to be really completely true to yourself in your own personal space. You know, you have to be you, not just the you that you want to be perceived as. Um, I, I could spend hours on this one with you, Mark, because <laughs> I what I'm seeing people misinterpreting authenticity as being if I feel like swearing and being bullshit because I've had a bad day then that's my authentic self that's not authenticity you know we I, I, I don't want to get too spiritual and woo woo but we've we've got this in, in magnificence inside us that we are all born with we're all born you only need to look at a newborn baby you know, it is pure, innocent, joyful. It's a spark of the divine, if you like. That's the way I like to look at it. We're all a spark of the divine. I'm not talking religion here. But we, we have a knowing inside us, but it gets layered over with uh, expectations and programming from society and parents and stuff that's been handed down through the generation so that we're no longer ourselves. But when you dig deep down and get rid of all that stuff that's no you, that's the truth. That's the beauty. That's the magnificence of who we are. Not the person who just turns up and says, I've had a bloody awful, excuse me, swearing, had a bloody awful day. So I'm just going to be authentically myself and angry. That's not authenticity. I think we've got a completely 
completely full show for the next time on that subject then. Good. That would be wonderful. <laughs> it would be, absolutely. I think that's it's a really important topic because you it see is. so much about it online. Yeah. I, I, I think that so many of us don't actually understand that, so we should definitely do that. We should definitely do that. And Susie, yeah. listen, that has been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed that. It's not often that I get to sit back and learn something completely new. So thank you, not only for bringing that to the listeners, but for educating me. Thank you so much for well, that. Well, thank and you. It's been an absolute joy to share it with you. Thank you, Mark, for being so receptive. It's been lovely. It really is a pleasure. And Susie, before we stick a pin in this for today, where can people, number one, get a hold of your books, but number two, where can they connect with you online? Okay. My books are all on Amazon. You just look me up, Susie Heath, S-U-S-I-E, Heath. Um, I've co-authored another book, which is called Written in the Rainbow, A Woman's Secret to Self-Esteem. And I have got other little books and I'm writing a book for men as well. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> and you can download a very sweet little free book uh, called Little Gems, which is taken from my book, The Essence of Womanhood, on a squeeze page that I've got, which is just Susie Heath. Dot com. So if you'd be interested in downloading that, and it's brought joy to a lot of people, that little book, it really has. And hopefully we can be able to keep in touch. I don't spam people because I hate that. But you can also find me on Facebook on Susie Heath. So I'd love to meet you there if you're happy to join me on Facebook too. Fantastic. Guys, check it out. That has been such a fantastic episode for me. I've enjoyed that. So if I've enjoyed it, I have got no doubt that you have too. And be sure to check out excellence-expected.com because, of course, all of the links that Susie has just mentioned there will be available. So we're going to wrap it right here, folks. Thank you once again for spending this 30 minutes just over, actually, which is fantastic. Time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for spending this time with us, Susie. Thank you once again. Thank you. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Bye-bye.